Hello everyone, Cretaceous Dave, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Cretaceous Campcast. Yes, that's right, you just had an episode, but you get to listen and or watch me, not once, but twice this week, if you want to, because yesterday I saw a little notification pop up from YouTube that there was a comment on the video, and thank you for everyone that does comment if I don't like or acknowledge a comment. It doesn't mean I'm ignoring you. Uh, sometimes I just forget about things. <laughs> I'll eventually get around to it. But something I decided I wanted to give a few minutes to do is look over some of the comments and questions some people had over these first couple of episodes and just kind of do a quick answer or thoughts thing on them. That way I'm not ignoring them. And if they are things people suggested for future episodes, that's an entirely different thing. This is just sort of so these things don't get slipped through the cracks or if I just reply to it on YouTube, maybe nobody else is looking or paying attention. But if you just listen, if you just watch the videos and don't scroll through or read, you may miss something that somebody asked that maybe you asked as well. So <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, today, I'm going to go through a few of them that look like they'll be easily addressed in just a couple of minutes. It wasn't really anything in episode one, because that was just more of a, a, a breakdown of what's going to be going on. So most of those comments were like, hey, looking forward to this and whatnot, so I'm just going to ignore those. Uh, I have a couple from episode two and a couple from episode three. For those of you watching on YouTube, if I'm looking all over the place, I have comments and <laughs> stuff in front of me all over the place. And there's one I have pulled up from Twitter, and that's only because it was from yesterday and I remembered it. If people do ask questions or post thoughts that would be good discussion points uh, on Twitter. I apologize if I missed it or anything like that. My notifications get out of control on there. I have notifications turned off, so if I'm not scrolling and looking, sometimes I don't even see them, and I do apologize for that. It's more of a, I don't like seeing clutter and an unread notification badge and stuff like that, so it's, it bothers me. <laughs> but unfortunately, sometimes I miss things. I'm gonna do a better job at that. Or maybe if someone wants to handle social media for me, hey, you know, because it's totally not my thing. I think I'm like a generation behind on that. But anyway, I'm going to get into a couple of these questions and topics people replied about and just give my two cents on them. Apologies in advance if I absolutely butcher anybody's name. Uh, having a long, complicated last name with a bunch of consonants. I know what it's like when people mess up your name. So sorry in advance. I'm going to start with episode two. And there are only a couple on here. So I'll just, you know, read them and then give my thoughts on them. And then if anybody has any feedback, you can also reply down below. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. But like I said, I, I may miss it. I don't know. Uh, at Cretaceous underscore Dave is my personal. At Media Cretaceous is the Cretaceous Media account. And all right, let's kick things off. If you don't remember, episode two was my thoughts about the USB drive. So... JP Ranger 24 said, I would love to see dino fighting happening in Malta. Well, <laughs> I think we're going to see that based on what we know. Uh, the trailer showed the Allosaurus and the Carnotaurus there. And we had that piece of merch, like I mentioned, that's an advertisement for those two fighting. Now, do we actually see them fighting? I don't know. My gut is saying, no, we don't actually see the fight. Like, probably it gets close to having the fight the dinosaurs are there and then whoever or whatever happens and they end up getting freed i'm not sure it's it's interesting with the pg-13 movie we've seen dinosaurs fighting before 
especially like the final battle in Jurassic World. You have Rexy and the Indominus and Blue, and we have Rexy and the Raptors in Jurassic Park, and we, we have other instances of fighting. But I'm not sure if that's the kind of thing that they really want to represent where it's kind of forced fighting. It's not a fight happening naturally. And yes, you can argue that the Jurassic World one was sort of a forced fight. Claire went and got Rexy for the purpose of trying to take down the Indominus. It's different than just putting these two animals together and forcing them to fight for people's entertainment and money. So I don't know. If they do fight, maybe it's just out on the streets when they're freed and it doesn't take up too much screen time or whatnot. But it will be interesting. And are there any more there? Which is cool. You know, where did that ankylosaurus that got sold end up? And if there are others, did any of them end up there? Uh, a carnivore versus a carnivore, sure, that's one thing. They're just going to be biting each other and doing whatever. And the Carnotaurus, you know, he's barely got any arms. So, yeah, he doesn't have as much defense. And we also saw that a 13-year-old boy could take down a Carnotaurus. I'm joking. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I would like to see some dino fighting as long as it's in good taste. I didn't really like the way it was handled in Camp Cretaceous itself with the drones forming that barrier and preventing them from going anywhere else and encircling them and making sure like, okay, you two have to fight. And particularly with Big and Little Edie, where it was a mother and daughter that they were being fed stuff to make them extra aggressive and forcing them to fight each other. And that was so not cool. And not a great topic for uh, you know for a kids show uh, so I hope it's not something like that so if we do have fighting I do hope it's more on the relaxed chill I'm not going to be upset about it which Camp Cretaceous did so I don't know next one on episode 2 is Yudi the Feathered Tyrant who likes to chat a lot about Camp Cretaceous, love talking with him. And his first point is season five's going to have to wrap up quite a few loose ends if it is indeed the last. I 100% agree. They've got a lot of things that they left dangling. Uh, Dave and Roxy, wh where'd they go? You know, uh, there's some rumors we might see them, or at least one of them again in season five. I don't know. Hopefully we get something from them in some way shape or form the distress beacon i've mentioned that more than a few times there's no way they're going to just ignore that that it, it was received somebody got the message that people were still on this island at least tell us who got it. it don't do anything with it tell us who got it the families of the campers that's a big one we just found out it at you know somewhere in the middle of season four that darius's brother assumed he was dead so it's safe to assume the rest of the families thought they were dead kenji's dad seemed super shocked that kenji was on the island maybe he was just shocked he was on the island not that he was dead you know I, i'm not sure about that i mentioned in my 12 days videos like brooklyn has millions of followers what's what's the deal do they all assume she's dead is she even more popular on youtube now than she was before i don't know so 
Even Dr. Wu was shocked that the kids were alive at the end of season three when he landed on the island. So it's safe to assume the entire world thought they were dead. And what's really interesting about that is what's the time window between when Wu left the island and the kids ended up on Manticore Island? How long were they out at sea? Was it days? Was it weeks? We we don't know. They probably didn't get very far. But when Wu did get home, did he say anything to anybody? Like, hey, uh, those kids are there. Somebody should just go pick them up. Or is he really that evil of a person that he did get home, said literally nothing, and just going to let those kids die there on that island? I don't know. So that's a loose end. The USB drive, which this is about... uh, You know, right now it's a loose end because like the entire episode went over, it was just ignored, never mentioned at all. Like the kids didn't even acknowledge they had it on them or anything. So that better get addressed off the top of my head. I'm not sure if there's anything else. I guess the drones, did did we get confirmation they were Manticore? I, I think we're all assuming they were, especially since they had drones on the island. Uh, that's not as big of a deal, I suppose. Well, uh, going back to my, you know, 12 days videos, were there any attempts to rescue them and were they shut down or were they just presumed dead from the beginning? You know, Dave and Roxy knew they were there. The kids' families knew they were there. Were there actually zero attempts? Just like, well, they we're all gone. We can't go back. The dinosaurs ate them. Sorry, kids. Sorry, families of those kids. I don't know. That's I don't know if that's necessarily a loose end, but I hope they address that in some kind of way as well. Uh, if I think of more, I'll update or I'll just you know tweet some things out. But yeah, there are definitely some loose ends that yeah, it's a kids show and a lot of kids aren't going to remember them. But I, I do definitely think they keep in mind that adults are watching this and are paying attention to this, and we're realizing stuff like this is happening that you're mentioning something and then it's never brought back up again so hopefully they they do address that because they do seem to be doing a really good job of catering to the adult crowd as well as the kid crowd and they've done a good balance so hopefully we have no loose ends when all is said and done but i don't think any show 100 answers everything so we'll see all right let's move on over to Episode three. Uh, first one, it's a short one. It's from Carl. Uh, your full name on social media, probably wrong, but uh, Carl Archmelian. And all he has to say is interesting view about the representation of the dinos in the franchise. Uh, thank you. And yeah, I don't think I'm alone in the view, but it's a topic I wanted to bring up because I get really tired of people hating on the world part of the film franchise for the dumbing down and the making pets of the dinosaurs and whatnot. And I get it. You know, I I even said yesterday on Twitter, like, I get why people don't like Blue. She's not the Velociraptors we knew in the original three movies. And that's on purpose. They've had two decades to perfect what a raptor was and over the course of the two movies we've learned that they were genetically created 
purposely to essentially be weapons. You know, we we maybe didn't want to acknowledge it as fact uh, in Jurassic World at first, but that's what Hoskins was saying. And then we really learned about it in Fallen Kingdom with, you know, Mills. And it almost seems as if Wu's just along for the ride. It's like, all right, well, whoever's cutting me a paycheck, I'll give you whatever kind of dinosaur you want. Hope that's not the case. And if that is the case, I hope he has a, an awesome redemption in Dominion. And I, I actually hope we see more of Wu in Camp Cretaceous. His Camp Cretaceous character is really fascinating because people that you know, follow me know I, I'm a big fan of Dr. Wu. And there's so much story over the span of 30, 40 years that we don't know anything about. And Camp Cretaceous is doing a good job of at least filling in you know, six months of gaps with some stuff. But I would love to learn more. So anything they can throw of Wu into Camp Cretaceous is great. And I, you know, I, I've mentioned it before about those two dinosaurs in particular. But Camp Cretaceous really, really made me think about it. The first time was watching season four and Yaz's PTSD scenes, uh, particularly the one with all the big carnivores. She has another one later with the Mosasaurus. But uh, I, I immediately realized those two weren't in there. And my first thought was, they don't want kids thinking they're scary. Because that scene is scary. And then my thoughts were basically reaffirmed by my son saying that they're nice. You know, he, he sees them chasing people. He sees them eating and killing people. But they're nice because they don't hurt the good guys. So, yeah, thank you for saying it's an interesting view. Uh, again, I, I don't think I'm alone, but I did want to put it out there to get other people thinking about it a little bit because maybe now people will look at them in a different way. And I hope I don't ruin anyone's pers um, perception of the dinosaurs, but it is a little bit of food for thought. And, you know, is it purely for marketing reasons? I don't know. I'm sure it has something to do with it. You're not going to sell a lot of you know, going down to UD's comment, you're not going to sell a lot of Scorpius Rex pajamas, probably. Uh, maybe if you make them in adult sizes, you will. I don't know. We all think she is an absolutely marvelous creature. But yeah, well, you know, thank you for that quick little note. I uh, just wanted to touch on it again and say kind of why I think about that and, you know, to get other people thinking. And UD, once again, comments on this one. It's, it's a little long. I'll, I'll read the whole thing. I, I don't need to go into a lot of it. Um, all right, so right before I posted the episode, I had tweeted that it's going to be something that, you know, might not be for everybody. Uh, people might not enjoy the topic. I, I don't remember exactly. So he says, my mind was racing after the tweet of yours about how some people may not like the topic, but this never came to my mind. Good. Like to keep people wondering. I have some issues with how Fallen Kingdom handled Blue in particular, but I thought the show did a good job with both her and Rexy. I like seeing them being a threat to the protagonist, and Rexy especially got some great stuff. Yes, I agree. The, the show did a better job, and I think part of that is Blue had no idea who these kids were. She was probably thoroughly confused that for a couple of months, probably... She's roaming around and she's just all alone. She hasn't seen a human at all. It's just an animal being an animal. And she's hunting on her own and taking care of herself. Is she 
you know, making a nest. I don't know. Uh, but then all of a sudden, here are these kids. And she's seen kids, you know, but not up close, not like that. And immediately, she probably knows she can instantly take them out because they're, you know, not adult humans. And she's smart enough to make that connection, recognize the difference. Um, so she's threatening, but not over-threatening. Because, like I said, I think she was more being territorial and like, hey, don't make me hurt you if I don't have to. And that's that's just more going back to her intelligence. Um, my opinion, I have no proof of that. You know, I'm not in the heads of the writers or the producers or anything like that. Where Rexy, on the other hand, is just like, ah, person, hungry. You're a two-legged goat running away. This is fun. I'm going to hunt. And she does act like that. And of course, the kids get out of danger when they have to. But that's a very Jurassic thing for the most part. You know, and yeah, like he mentioned, Fallen Kingdom handled Blue in a much different way. None of the protagonists ever seemed like they were ever in any real danger with Blue. Even when she got tranked, it, it didn't seem like at all she was going to go for Owen. It was just like, all right, who are all these other people around me? She still had that trust in him. That was, you know, our view of it. But what easily could have happened was her thinking, you SOB, I trusted you and just go after him as the first thing. So, yeah, she she was, I, I, I could see you not <laughs> liking Fallen Kingdom handling Blue. But I, I think it's part of her character arc at this point. You know, I, I don't know. And uh, his next paragraph is, I do admit I too dislike the hero stuff, hero in quotes, mainly because they keep doing it over and over again in the films. Like when Rexy took down the Cardinal and Fallen Kingdom, I was like, really? We're doing this again? It was cool in 93 when did it, but now it's just getting the samey and repetitive. Exactly. That's, you know, kind of what I mentioned in the video. It, it didn't serve any purpose other than saving Owen's life. I mean, was it cool to see? Yeah. I, I mean, a T-Rex taking down a cart, Carnotaurus in front of a volcano. I don't care how cheesy people think it is. It's it's really cool to look at from a fun dinosaur movie perspective. Especially the roar. I don't care how cheesy people think that roar is. It's awesome. She can roar all... We can get a two and a half hour film of her doing something and roaring. I'd watch. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I get that in the films and it's good that in Camp Cretaceous they didn't make it seem over hero like I, I really don't know how to phrase that you know it was always something else taking her away from the kids that not only saves the kids from her but saves the kids from something else so the show did a lot better job of handling that with Rexy you know, like Rexy going after Mitch, which, you know, took him out of the equation, but then also freed them up from not getting chased by her. And then her getting distracted by what was happening over there when they were extracting the bone. And that guy was trying to get back to the helicopter. Uh, 
I don't know if she looked at it like, ooh, what's all that noise? What's all that lights and moving? Got to go check that out. Or, hey, this is a much bigger snack over here. I'm going to get that guy and whoever else he's with. I don't know, but it, it, it was handled a lot better in the show, I think. Obviously, that was in the film, but watching the film, we had no idea that just off to the side over there, there were a bunch of kids watching what was happening. And I have such a new appreciation for both season three, or actually all season one and three, and the films, knowing what's happening in different parts at different times. And it's it's so cool, like when we were rewatching season one the other day, and after the Indominus goes through and the kids are walking through, and it's the scene where they find Bumpy hiding in the tall grass, there's a beat up gyrosphere and the flipped over Ankylosaurus. And then we know, we know exactly when that's happening in the film. And now we know, like, Bumpy was right there, right in the grass. I may have mentioned that in one of the other videos. I don't remember. So it's really cool to put together. Just like the kids are right over there watching as Rexy's grabbing onto that ladder. And then the Mosasaurus gobbles the guy up. Going off on a tangent, not answering, (laughs) replying to Edie's comment. But yes, uh, I think the show does a better job than the film's with the balance and like I said with the topic of the episode it's scary enough but at the same time they handle it in a way that kids are still cool with it and whoever came up with their method of doing it you know bravo it was good it's working at least on my kid Uh, I can't say it's the same for other kids maybe some kids think dinosaurs scary you know Uh, my kid gets it though and going that extra step of purposely leaving them out of Yaz's nightmare, I think was to, you know, reassure all the kids like, hey, these are good dinosaurs. That's why they're all on the clothes. Um, and his final thought, not <laughs> anything. It was just more something I commented on. He said, now I also want pajamas with Scorpius Rex on them. The pose should be the one where it rears up in the storm. 100% agree, man. 100% agree. Um, that is one of the best shots of all of 30 years of Jurassic. It is terrifying and beautiful at the same time. I want to give whoever thought of that and created that scene a big hug, a thank you, a handshake, whatever. It's one of the most beautiful looking pieces of anything my eyeballs have witnessed. Um, Love it, love it, love it. I don't know, do any of those print-on-demand places, can you upload a photo and get it on custom pajamas? Do they make custom adult pajamas? And is it a place where we won't get taken down for copyright and trademark? I don't know. Let's look into this. But we have to keep it on the down low because then if DreamWorks and Universal find out, we won't be able to do it. So it'll be this like secret underground Scorpius Rex pajama club. (laughs) And the last one on this comes from, again, apologies if I'm saying your name wrong, my friend, but uh, Muzzamil... Uh, he quote retweeted episode three and said, thinking about Yaz, thinking about what Yaz went through, it reminded me of when the Dominion trailer dropped. Some people were saying the original trio are just a cash grab. Totally disagree, by the way. But I think it was all part of the plan and the PTSD they experienced is what kept them away. I'm really curious how Dominion could approach this. Personally, I never thought about them and the PTSD topic. And if they all have had other issues over the last 20 to 30 years. It is a very interesting connection that I think most of us wouldn't have thought about 
between Dominion and Camp Cretaceous. And it's really cool then if that's one of the connections that we got in season four, that that's, you know, really thinking outside the box. And when I read your comment, or I guess your tweet, I was kind of thinking about it from each of the three characters' perspectives, and they're all a little bit different. You know, I'll start with Ellie because I think hers was, you know, she had the least screen time with dinosaurs. So even though she only encountered them in one film, she had some pretty serious encounters because of what she was doing, turning the power on and saving Malcolm and stuff like that. And I was trying to think about, you know, how that could have messed her up. And then did she totally get out of paleontology because we're not sure, you know, what she's doing. We see her again in JP3 and she has a family and she seems very like, yep, nothing to do with this stuff. And as someone who spent a lot of time hiding the truth and hiding feelings and hiding who I was and what I was going through, it's entirely possible. She is deeply, deeply troubled and is putting on a happy face to have this husband and children and whatever else is going on but she could be going through some serious serious stuff because she was attacked by a t-rex she was attacked by raptors and these are things that prior to getting to that island no idea were alive or even could be alive so to me she's the most interesting one that she may have suffered the most distress from it but also tried to hide it the most which could end up being a serious serious problem come dominion or you know whenever she first finds out there are dinosaurs there and she's like oh heck no i am never taking my kids to that island no way i know what could go wrong and then when she finds out they're on the mainland then who knows uh, i hope we do see kind of a progression of those characters of from you know 2005 or whenever find out like hey the park's opening again and up until when they get out uh the next one is grant who obviously he goes through a ton the first time he's on the island and then in jp3 we see what seems like he wants nothing to do with it and he's still talking about dinosaurs he's still doing his work but he seems so bitter and so angry at everything Hammond did. And he calls them theme park monsters. He doesn't even consider them dinosaurs. And then he gets conned into going to Sorna. And not only does he run into even more ferocious raptors, but he runs into a Spinosaurus that's crazy. And someone that's with him that he trusts stole raptor eggs and now the raptors want their eggs back so yeah he's seen some stuff <laughs> and I don't know how that changes him over the next 20 years but from what we've seen in the Dominion trailer he's still doing his work I don't know if he's playing this tough guy thing where he just pushed it to the side and decided you know what I'm gonna keep digging up bones because this is real. I'm finding the real answers. I'm studying the real history. And he just 
he dealt with it and he's okay with it and that's something else as long as i never have to go anywhere near those islands again whatever i'm gonna do my thing here now that they're here you know i don't know how that impacts him and there are a lot of people out there connecting all these dots and analyzing every little snippet of every frame of what's in the trailer and there's a picture in his tent on the back and it looks like the outline of a giganotosaurus skeleton or skull and you know could he be digging up bones for biosyn or whoever i don't think so it doesn't seem like alan grant but could his work be taken from him i don't know which could then you know make him angrier he's an interesting one then we get to Malcolm, which he was on both islands, had absolutely terrible experiences both times. He got critically injured the first time. The second time, people he loved were with him and their lives were in danger. And then we see him at, you know, Senate hearings. And he's like, no, these things, no, they should not be here. Part of me is thinking the mathematician in him, he's a chaotician, I'm going to call him mathematician for simplicity and better understanding. It probably tried to just block it out and think of the pros and cons of things. And I'm saying that from someone who spent nearly two decades with working alongside some of the most brilliant mathematical minds in the country if not the world uh, I have numerous former co-workers with PhDs in math and their specialties were things that average people can't even comprehend <laughs> they don't realize it is math or what it has to do with math and it's it's out there and like one of these guys in particular and I played rec softball with him he has trouble with like basic counting and arithmetic but these far out ridiculous concepts come incredibly natural to him and, and the type of stuff he can do um, and based on what he was doing for his career it made sense and getting to know a lot of these folks their, their brains are wired in a lot different way than non-mathematical non-scientific folks and the, the easiest way I, I explain it to a lot of people because my brain works like that a lot of times is math brain people they're very they're very binary um it's one it's zero that's it there's nothing else it's black it's white there are no other colors there are no shades of gray um, they'll interpret things almost literally and there's no other way to interpret it so uh, a lot of mathematical folks their brains are wired that way and if that's the case with malcolm it's that was over that was done with i'm here and now i need to make sure nothing happens uh, you know, if if he's predicting chaos, his mind is working forward. Uh, and it's someone that you know did some artificial intelligence work. It's kind of similar to how chaos theory would work in ways. Uh, it, it's still not the same as dwelling on what has happened. You're more looking at what will happen. So I'm not sure what kind of PTSD. You know, he would have experienced, and if if he did, if he even acknowledged it at all, 
he could just think of it as, okay, this is a glitch in the system and kind of push it away. And in that sense, it could be far, far worse because when it does come to the surface, um, it could blow up and be a disaster. From what we've seen in the trailer, that doesn't seem like the case. Maybe he has a moment where things realize, or maybe, you know, he's close to death again at some point and, you know, things change for him. Uh, he doesn't seem like the guy that's going to change much and his attitude's going to be the same. But I don't know, you know, and, and going back to Alan, even on the plane ride to Sorna, we kind of see a little bit of that in, you know, the, the cheesy Alan Raptor dream he had, which is kind of like he has his nightmares, you know, he's, he's seeing a Raptor and he knows like, I want nothing to do with these things ever again. And why it's a raptor he's never seen before. I, I don't know. He's he's clairvoyant, apparently. Uh, someone sent him a picture. I <laughs> I have no idea. We can get over that. But, you know, Yaz's little PTSD scenes were kind of a throwback to that really quick Grant clip. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think them coming back is a cash grab. I, I thought it was probably part of Colin's plan all along. It would be cool to see something in Camp Cretaceous. We've gotten, we've gotten references, you know, that they've been mentioned. Um, yeah, I think we saw books on bookshelves, but that's about it. I really don't see a way of them, the characters themselves being integrated into the show. That, that's impossible, especially with where they're currently located, even when they get back home. It would just have to be pure coincidence, like Darius goes to a Dr. Grant lecture or something like that. Um, but, but tying those characters a little bit more into Camp Cretaceous would be great. Uh, I thought the, the Lego series did a really fun job of bringing them in. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was just watching that again with my son. He's, he's been all over the place on Jurassic Media the last couple of weeks. That's basically the only thing he watches. He, had to get new Jurassic pajamas because he was so upset his old ones didn't fit. Um, and I found him a cool Easter bucket and some goodies to put in that last night when it was at Walmart. Total Sidetrack has nothing to do with Camp Cretaceous, but if anybody's looking for some cool little goodies for Easter, Walmart's got some. And they actually have a Camp Cretaceous coloring and activity book. Uh, so I picked that up as well. Um, not affiliated with Walmart. Get nothing out of saying that, but I think Walmart's the only place that sells those items. So... Go check them out if you're looking for them. <laughs> yes, in this small little comment addressing episode of a podcast has just turned into an Easter Walmart commercial. There you go. Anyway, that was all of the comments. Wasn't a lot of them, but I didn't want a lot of them to pile up because I didn't want an episode going for one or two hours of just me talking about people's comments or answering questions or anything like that. It was just a couple of them, and I thought it'd be something fun to do. I had a little bit of time today, feeling good about doing this, getting into things. And yes, I had other things I could have been more productive doing right now. But now was a good time to sit down and do it before, like I said, more comments came or before I forgot to even do them. Uh, I, I saw Carl's comment come in last night when I was walking the dogs and I decided, yeah, let's sit down and just talk about these a little bit just in case people want to hear my voice or see my face again i, I don't know <laughs> anyway thank you all for listening not really a podcast episode just kind of 
giving some thoughts and answers to some of your comments that you've left. And if there's anything else you want, please continue on commenting, interacting. I'll try to take as many notes as I can about when you all want to talk about something and we'll bring it up other times. Not sure what I'm going to talk about next week. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going with the heavy one. Um, I kind of want to. It's it's definitely still on my mind. But uh, I'm thinking after the USB drive and the Blue and Rexy one, maybe we'll do something a little more fun before getting getting pretty heavy and an adult topic in a kid's show. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope to have it somewhere between Tuesday and Thursday next week. Not sure when, but... I'm going to do everything I can to get you out another episode next week. Thank you once again for watching. Watching. New word, watching. Thank you for watching and listening. Stay safe, stay Jurassic, and have a great rest of the week, everyone. So long.